0: sound I love to hear is the sound of the Savior's robe as he walks into the room where people pray, where we hear praises, he hears faith. praise aloud. Oh, my soul and sing. Sing His praise aloud. Sing His praise aloud. Oh, wake my soul. Wake my soul
1: and
0: sing. Sing His praise aloud. Sing His praise of love. Oh, awake my soul and sing, His praise above, sing His praise. Yeah. Hey! hey.
1: It's a narrow road that thing's to life, but I want to be on it. It's a narrow
0: road, your mercy is wide, cause you're good on your promise. i tag take you at your word, If you said it. you. You are here working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. Sing it out. You are way make miracle work promise keep light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Yes, he is are, we make miracle worker,
1: promise me,
0: light in the darkness, my God, that is who you
1: are,
0: you are here, touching every heart, I worship you, I worship you, you are no judgment. Oh, how he
1: loves me. I've got a friend and he is my strength.
0: He is my portion. He's with me in the valley, with me in the fire. He's with So come if you're needing forgiveness and healing. His mercy's enough. Oh, this is our hope.
2: Moment. If you would just be seated. And uh, this next Saturday is Veterans Day. And we want to take just a moment. If you are a veteran of any branch of the military of America, or if you're currently serving in the military, any place or any way, would you stand? All right. Praise the Lord. Keep standing, if you would, please. Remain standing for just a moment. Would you all reach out your hands and stretch out your hands toward them? And let's pray for them. Today we honor them. We appreciate what they have done that allow us to live in the freedoms that we have today. So if you would, just reach out toward them for a moment. Lord, we bless what you have done and preserve through the lives of these veterans. They remind us of the risk of love for country and people. Thank you, Lord, for keeping America free over these last centuries. We pray for our country and for our freedoms that are in you, but also in this land. May you redeem us, revive us, and make us the light of the gospel to the world. Turn our hearts to Jesus Christ. We pray in his risen life and in his name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want us to pray for one other Veteran this morning, uh, Roy DePew, part of our body. He is also a veteran, but he has been experiencing. In fact, he's got an infection. He's had some back surgeries and they replace in his back, but he's got infection in those again. And in the morning, they're going to be doing an operation to take that out and replace. So it's very serious. So would you bow with me and let's just speak God's healing and presence with Roy? He's in Scott and White. Father, in the name of Jesus, we, we speak Roy's name before the throne. We hold him up. Lord, we ask for your wisdom and understanding for the doctors, the nurses, the surgeons, and everyone that's going to have part and parcel of his healing. We trust you to heal his body, to restore him to strength and health. And Lord, would you make his recovery swift that he might stand and praise you as he does every week. Father, we bless him and we speak your healing over him. And also we speak for your covering over Jennifer and the family during this time. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. 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 Good morning, church family. I get the privilege of uh, baptizing another one of my students. Jared, come on down. This is Jared Miller. Uh, I've known Jared, goodness, it's probably been eight years now, something like that. Uh, The one thing I can say about Jared, he's never around me where he doesn't ask a question. He wants to know. Uh, I know he studies his word at home because he comes and asks questions about it all the time. Um, He's real good at stumping me on some of them questions, too, so... Uh, Without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and baptize Jared. Jared, have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yes. Okay. Buried with him in baptism. Rise to walk with him in your life.
3: Good morning, church family. If this is your first time visiting with us in person or online, welcome. We are so glad that you decided to worship with us today. Here at New Covenant Church, we invite all people in the communities where we live to know, hear, and respond to Jesus Christ. You can learn more about NCC, become part of our church family, or join our volunteer team by going through our Connect classes online or by attending one of the upcoming in-person classes. If you would like to bless what God is doing through the ministries at NCC with your tithes and offerings, you can use the offering boxes or give online at newcovenantlampasas.com. Now, if you have any questions about what's going on, or want more information on how to get connected. Please stop by the hub desk after the service. Again, we are so glad that you are here with us this morning. Now let's open and prepare our hearts for the word. We're so glad that you're with us this morning for worship. If you're joining online, welcome. We are starting a new series this morning called Seasons. There's all sorts of seasons, as as you know. Uh, Baseball season, way to go Rangers. They finally finally did it. Uh, Football season, hunting season. Uh, A lot of people are getting excited about that right now. Um, And then, of course, there's the four seasons of the year. Uh, winter, spring, summer, and fall. And in this series that we're starting this morning, we're going to be looking at how we can relate some of the characteristics of our physical seasons to those that we may face spiritually, to spiritual seasons in our life. And so we're going to start out this morning by looking at one of the definitions. There's many definitions for the word season. Uh, We're going to start out by looking at one of those. A season is a time characterized by a particular circumstance or feature. Each season of the year is characterized by particular circumstances and features, and seasons of our life can be characterized by certain circumstances as well. We're going to start out this morning by reading from Psalm 23. This is a very familiar psalm. Many of you may even have it memorized. Uh, I think it's an absolutely beautiful psalm. We're going to look at it from a little bit different perspective this morning, and I'll explain that in a moment after we read it. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Amen. Sometimes we can be so familiar with something that it's hard to see it in a new way. Most of us are familiar with this passage. uh, And like I said, many of us even probably have it memorized. But I want us to think what and heard in Psalm 23 and look at it from the perspective of a season in our life or seasons in our life. Because I believe this one short psalm really spans all the seasons of our life, every season that we could possibly face. Look at all that it covers. It talked about highs and lows, lows times of peace and times of turmoil, times when we literally walk in the middle of darkness and death. Yet even in the middle of that, God is with us. And living in the goodness and mercy of the Lord, our cups overflowing, dwelling with Him in His house forever. All the scenarios that are referenced in Psalm 23 don't occur simultaneously. They couldn't occur simultaneously in our life. They're different seasons. They're different circumstances. Different emotions accompany them. Different characteristics that accompany each two. And I think that's why that psalm stands out really from all others. No matter when we read it, no matter what season of we may be in at the moment, it speaks to us because it covers all of the seasons, all the highs, all the lows. So wherever we find ourselves, if we read Psalm 23, we're going to relate to a part of it. Now, while the spiritual seasons we may face have similarities to physical ones, they're not the same. They're not chronologically uh, physical seasons. They're not uh, in similar lengths like our physical seasons. They may be much, much longer. They may be much shorter. Some seasons may be for our entire life. There may be a circumstance or a characteristic that accompanies your life that you literally may have for your whole life or very large portions of your life. This morning we're going to focus on what a spiritual winter can be like or look like. A spiritual winter can be defined by difficulty. A season of pruning. Our our vision is challenged in winter. Winter. You know, God may have given you a vision or a hope or of something to come, but in the middle of winter when everything's dead and all the leaves have fallen off the trees and nothing appears to be growing and everything looks bleak, it's difficult to remember that vision of what He gave you that's to come. And we can focus on the current circumstances and the current season we find ourselves in and sometimes even abandon the vision that God put in our heart because we don't see how it could be possible in the middle of that season. It can be a time of discouragement for the same reason. It can be a time of restriction and isolation. Uh, even in the physical winter, we don't, we're, we don't spend as much time outside. We're not around as many other people. There's just something about the season of winter that, that breeds isolation from others. A time of spiritual severity. And it, it's also an appointed time when some things in our life need to die. Doesn't all that sound great? (laughs) Aren't you glad you came this morning to get encouraged? I've had several hard spiritual winters in my life. I've shared before that the first five years of Candy and I's marriage was extremely difficult. And while we've had difficulty, we're, this year will be 25 years, uh, well, in 2024, June of 2024, will be 25 years of marriage. And while we've faced other challenges, nothing has ever been as challenging as the circumstances that accompanied that season of, of the first five years of our marriage. And I would describe that as a spiritual winter. I've also shared multiple times uh, regarding my testimony about being called into ministry. God uh, very clearly spoke to me when I was 13 years old that I would be called into ministry. And it was a short 23 years later that he fulfilled that promise. And the characteristic, the single characteristic that was solid through those 23 years was there was this promise, this vision that he had given me that wasn't coming to fruition. And I'm actually very thankful he didn't give me the time at the end because I think I would have given up. I would have abandoned it. I would like, there's no way I can can hold on for 23 years, but I, I never knew when it was going to come, so I just held on. I stood. I, I stood in faith in the promise that He had given, and He made it come forth. He, he, he did it. He, he fulfilled His promise, but it was a very long spiritual winter of, of waiting. And just to clarify, I'm not saying that nothing good happens during a season like this. Like I said, many of these circumstances that define that season can go for a very long time. It doesn't mean that good things won't happen, that there won't be happy moments when there's a thing like that that could be described as as a spiritual winter. And God absolutely has a purpose and a work that he accomplishes during that season. But that... That circumstance may continue for, for a very long time, even, even our whole life. And to be honest, I would even say right now, I find myself in the middle of a spiritual winter. And I'm going to speak a little bit more to that later. And what God's doing and, and, and how, how he's working. But also that we're not supposed to go through these things alone. and i'm reminded of the woman with the flow of blood that touched jesus's garment she'd she'd had a flow of blood a disease for 12 years and this would be another example where she didn't know when the end of that or if the end of that would ever come but the end did come and it was 12 years after she suffered through that and she obviously experienced other Uh, other things during those 12 years. It wasn't just the suffering of that disease, but that circumstance persisted for that whole 12 years until the moment that Jesus uh, healed her. Last Sunday, Megan uh, shared a verse during worship from Romans 5-6, and as soon as she did, I knew it applied to this message and to this whole series. It was, uh, in Romans 5-6, reads, You see... At just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Other translations read, in due time, or at the right moment, or in due season. At just the right time, in due season, at the right moment, Christ died and came for us. While we were still in sin, but also I believe everything that God does is at just the right time. We may disagree with His timing, but I guarantee you His timing is perfect. It's right. He's never late. He's never early. He is always on time. And you can rest assured that at just the right time, He will come and He will deliver us. He will heal us. He will redeem us. God's perfect timing is involved in every spiritual season that we may face. Sometimes there's things that we can do, like if we participate with Him in it, there may be a work that He's doing in our life in a season that when that that work is accomplished, the season ends. But I want to be very clear that that's not always the case. There may be something in our life, like I said, a, a disease, an ailment, a thing that God may... Um, And I'm not saying he puts that on us. We live in a broken and fallen world with lots of problems. And so one of those things that may last your whole life, that that the deliverance may not come till the moment that we join him in paradise. But what we can be assured of is that regardless of what that deliverance looks like, we will be delivered and it will be at just the right time. In just the right season. And while that may not sound very encouraging, we need to understand that whether these spiritual seasons or these spiritual winters last for a short period of time, many years, or our whole life, that there is a purpose in them. God is doing a work. Growth, even though it doesn't appear like it, things that need to happen, happen in winter. And they don't happen in any other season. There is things that God does in the world, in winter, in that season of winter that can't happen in any other season. And we're going to look at a couple of those benefits. Of Did you know that the best season to prune is in winter? If you're going to prune a tree, virtually all trees, the best time to prune them is in winter. And not only in winter, it's not even at the beginning. It would be after several hard freezes, and as I've read about just the season of winter, preparing for this, it said even, it's usually even on the second half of winter. It's in the when everything looks the bleakest, when everything looks like it's completely dead. And there's a passage that talks about pruning. Jesus said these words in John 15, verse 1 and 2. He said, I am the true vine. And my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, He prunes that it may bear more fruit. So Jesus is talking about uh, pruning and God being the vine dresser. Well, guess what? We're the vine. We're the living tree, the living uh, plant that God is going to be pruning. So one thing the trees have an advantage to us is they don't see, they don't feel, they don't hear, they don't know what the surroundings look like, but we're living organisms that God prunes. And so we can see the circumstances that accompany that pruning. And what I want us to to think about as we look at that passage and think about what I just shared about when the best time to prune is it's in the middle of a season of winter. When everything looks the worst, looks the bleakest, where all the, if if you considered us like a a tree, all of our leaves have fallen off, everything looks dead, all life that is around us appears to be gone, and God comes along and says, Okay, it's time to cut off some branches, it's time to prune. And when we have the ability to look around and see what's going on and the circumstances in our life, um, it doesn't make sense. Not with the way things look around us. And we usually don't have the right response. When I thought about this, these thoughts came to mind, and I know I've uttered every single one of these. What else could go wrong? Have you ever asked yourself that? (laughs) What else could go wrong now? What now, Lord? <laughs> Everything that can go wrong is going wrong. Ever? <laughs> Am I the only one? And we look around and we're like, God, everything's dead. All my leaves are gone. I don't have any fruit. And God says, now is the best time to cut off the things that are going to hurt you in the next season, that aren't going to allow you to grow the way you need to grow in the next season, that aren't going to allow you to produce what you need to produce in the next season. And it's for your good. Did you know if you cut branches off a tree in the middle of summer, I mean, you could literally kill the tree. But you'd think, well, it's healthy now. It looks good now. It's got leaves now. This should be the time that we can cut it and it can restore and recover. It doesn't work that way. God, Jesus said, is the vine dresser and he knows the best time to prune us and cut the things out of our life that need to be cut out and he comes at just the right time in just the right season and it doesn't feel good, it doesn't look like that should be the time when it would be. we say, God, what else? You've cut off every part of me. What else? And he says, this is for your good. This is in the best timing. When the next season comes, you are going to flourish because of what I'm doing in you now. We ask God, couldn't you pick a better time? And his answer is no. This is the best time. Because I do everything, everything at just the right time and just the right season. He's a good father. He's a good vine dresser. And you can trust him. If he is doing a work in your life, trust him. What needs to be cut off needs to be cut off. What needs to die needs to die. Another thing that happens in winter is bugs are killed. You know, if you live in a very agricultural area and have a very mild winter, you may think, well, that was nice. I remember living in the panhandle. We'd have very bad, hard winters, and every once in a while, we'd have a very mild one. And as somebody that wasn't farming, that wasn't planting, that wasn't harvesting, it was like, well, that was nice. Well, then summer comes, and there's bugs everywhere. And they attack The plants as they grow, they're in the middle of the harvest. They cause problems everywhere. The farmer wants a good, solid winter with long, hard freezes so that those things die. So that the enemy that needs to die, dies. And that happens. That's a good thing that happens in winter. And there's bugs in our life that God wants to kill in a spiritual winter. I want to give you a couple of examples. There's many of them, but... He may be trying to kill a fear of man in our life. We we may not do or respond to what God is saying because we're afraid what other people are going to think, how other people are going to react. What will someone else say if I do what God's telling me to do? He may be trying to kill moral compromise in our life. We don't have to look very far at all to find a lot of moral compromise and honestly... None of us probably have to look very far to find some moral compromise in our own life. Those are things that God can bring to our attention during a spiritual winter. Unforgiveness, bitterness. He may be trying to kill our own personal drive to get things done. This is something that he's worked on me many times and is a very difficult one for me because I think, well, I can just make things happen. I can get it done if I just work harder, if I just do more, if I just buckle down, I can, I can make what happen needs to happen. We can just push through. And one of the problems with that is we can do work that should be saved for another season in the wrong season. You know, you find yourself in the middle of a spiritual summer and think, well, you know what? I'm going to cut some of these branches off. I'm going to take care of this myself because I want to get this done. And it could be devastating to us because we try to accomplish things in our life in the wrong season. And God says, it's not time for that. We need to wait on the Lord, wait on Him, and He will do it in the right time. God doesn't need our help. <laughs> I love what Pastor Jimmy Evans said about God's timing and speed in these areas. And it goes along with this idea that things happen in just the right time. Time and just the right season. He said, God's pace is peace. God's pace is peace. If we find ourselves anxious and fearful and frustrated and all those things, we can be assured that we're either going at the wrong pace or we're totally outside of God's will or we're just not trusting in Him. Because if if our trust is in him, if our faith is in him, if our hope is in him, then we know that everything is going to work out the way it's supposed to. Does that mean things don't die? Does that mean limbs don't get cut off? Does that mean there's not turmoil and hardship and all those things? Absolutely not. We live in the middle of a mess and God works in the middle of that mess. It doesn't remove us from affliction or persecution But if we're in the middle of his will and trusting in him, we can be at peace because we know that it's in his timing. And when it's time, if it's ever time, it's going to be at just the right time. If we rest in him, if our faith is in him, if our hope is in him. Remember the psalm that we started out with, Psalm 23. Whatever season we find ourselves in, he is with us. And our best response when we find ourselves in a spiritual winter is God, whatever you want, you can have it. If it needs to die, kill it. I know there's been times in my life that I've tried to protect something that needed to die. I'm like, no God, don't touch this. I'm still using it. I'm still relying on it. I still go to this for comfort instead of you. I still go to this for peace instead of you. I still put some hope in this instead of you. Can I hold on to it for a while? And God says, get out of the way. It needs to die. This is the opportunity. This is the time that that can die and you will be more fruitful in the next season. The last benefit that we're going to look at, and there's more, but but for time we're just looking at three things the last benefit of a spiritual winter is that it forces us to expand our wardrobe a spiritual winter is god's wake up call to underdressed soldiers it's a time of preparation something else that i came across when i was looking at just what happens in seasons is that there's animals that hibernate they prepare for a season in advance they're working in the summer and fall preparation, gaining weight, storing food, all of that to get through the winter that they know that's coming. And when we get sidetracked and sidestepped in the work that God's trying to accomplish in the season that we find ourselves in, we're not going to be as prepared for the next season that's coming if we don't participate with him in what needs to be done. If again, like I said about being driven, I want to accomplish what I want to accomplish in this season, and God says, you're not going to be prepared you're not going to be ready for what's coming. We need to allow God to do the work that needs to happen in the current season we find ourselves in or we won't be ready for the one that's coming. And when a spiritual winter comes, we find out real quick if we're clothed for it or not. Ephesians 6.13 says, and you could read the whole passage of Ephesians 6 if you want to get the whole thing on the armor of God. We're just going to look at verse 13, but it says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. And 14 says, Therefore, stand. One of the things that we accomplish in a spiritual winter is standing. There may not be anything going above ground on a tree, but in the winter, the roots are expanding. It helps us to stand. Our job in a spiritual winter is to stand with our faith and our hope in God that he is doing what needs to be done to prepare us for the next season. And it's so easy. One of the things that God's made very clear to me recently and, and just over and over throughout my life is that I need him as much on my best day as I need him on my worst day. But we get comfortable. We get relaxed. We think this is an easy season. This is a good season. And we start taking off some armor. We start taking off some protection. We start saying, you know what, God, I don't have to pray about my finances right now because I'm flush. (laughs) I don't need you to be my provider right now. I can be my own. I'll come to you when I run out. We do that in areas of our life. And then guess what? When it runs out, we run back. Say, Lord, help." I need to put my armor back on. I need your help again. I need to rely on you. I'll put my faith and hope and trust in you again because now I need it. I need you. You needed Him on the best day. I guarantee you, you need Him as much as... I mean, I'd say more, but it's, we, there's never a less. We need Him every moment of every day. We can't do anything. Jesus Christ said you can do nothing Nothing, nothing apart from me. Our hope, our trust, our faith needs to be in him every moment of every single day. And the moment in a day that we realize we're not counting on him, we need to run back to him. And we all walk away. We all fail. We all take some of those clothes off. And we all run into another winter and go, oh, dang it. I'm not prepared. You know, the enemy doesn't wait for you to get ready to attack. He attacks when you're not thinking about an attack at all. The horror that we've seen unfold in Israel, there was parties going on. They were just having a party. And there's nothing, I'm not, there wasn't nothing wrong with a party. We should be able to... I was. I, I officiated a wedding last night. There was a party afterward. That's okay. But we weren't ready for war. If somebody had have attacked us at that moment, we would have been completely unprepared. In the kingdom of God, Ephesians 6 says we always have to be prepared for battle. The spiritual war is 24-7. We have to be ready. We have to keep it on. We forget there's an enemy. We forget that we're in a spiritual war. But spiritual winners, one of the benefits is that it reminds us that we're in a war. We're in a battle. We need to stay clothed. We're going to close with Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. It says, for everything, there's a season. And a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. There is a time and a season for every matter under heaven. And God, at just the right time, in just the right season, will work in our life what needs to be worked. And we can trust Him. There's an infinite number of ways that we can respond to this message this morning. You may have already been hearing the Holy Spirit speaking to you on something that you need to lay down, something that you need to let Him kill. not I I encourage you to ask him now as we go into a time of worship and prayer ask him Lord what what are you doing in my life in this season of life that I find myself in one way that we can respond in any season we find ourselves in is to praise him and worship him This may seem like the opposite of what we feel like we should do in the middle, especially in the middle of a spiritual winter. But one of the prophetic words about Jesus Christ in Isaiah 61 and Jesus Christ actually quoted it about himself when he was starting his ministry was that he would give us a garment of praise in this place of the spirit of heaviness. Jesus Christ can take, in the middle of that spiritual winter, He can take that garment of, of, of heaviness, that spiritual heaviness, and clothe us with a garment of praise. Does it take us out of the winter? No. But we trust Him, we know Him, we know that He is faithful, and we choose to praise Him in the middle of any season that we find ourselves in. I mentioned being in in the middle of a spiritual winter myself and I'm not going to share the specifics of it. What I wanted to share is we're about to go into ministry time and if you're on the ministry team, you can go ahead and come forward is that we're not called to go through this stuff alone. And what I'm I'm going through, uh, I'm not going through alone. The the elders are aware. I've got brothers in Christ that uh, know what I'm talking about and they're praying with me. They're walking with me. And what I want you to know is that if you're going through something, whether it's a spiritual winter or whatever season, if you're a man, find a brother in Christ that you can walk with. If you're a woman, find a sister in Christ that you can walk with, that can encourage you, that can pray with you, that can do battle with you in the, things, in the attacks that the enemy is, is doing on your life or on your family or on your circumstances. And again, by, by spiritual winter, all I mean is there's a circumstance that's, that's prolonged and I'm ready for it to be done, but it's continuing. That circumstance continues. And it's, it's actually a part for me, but it's affecting me. But I'm not going to go through it alone. I'm seeking other people. And these men, these women here are there to walk with you, to pray with you, and they will be confidential. You can trust them. If, if there is no other relationship that you have in this room or outside that you know you can trust, you can trust them. And I encourage you to pray with them. And respond in the way that God's asking you to respond this morning there's one last thing before we pray and go into worship that I want to share this is just a specific word that I felt like God said remember I, the, the seasons aren't chronological the, the links are different and here's what I, I believe the Lord wants you to hear this morning I'm not asking you to live in this season for the rest of your life. I'm asking you to live it with me today. We don't know how long it's going to last. It may end today. This may be the turnaround of the season you find yourself in. It may go for 12 years, 20 years, 30 years. Jesus said, we're not supposed to worry about tomorrow. He said, tomorrow can worry about itself. He's with us today. He will give you hope today. He will give you mercy today. He will give you grace today. He is faithful and with you today. And whether it's one more day or a thousand more, he will be with you. Just walk with him today. Will you pray with me? dearly Father, we just thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you are with us in whatever season we may find ourselves in. Lord, I pray that this morning that if you're bringing things to our mind, compromise, Lord, moral compromise or uh, our own drivenness, bitterness, unforgiveness, sins that we may be holding on to anything that we need to let you deal with in our life. Father, God, I pray that we would lift them up to you and let you take care of them. Father God, if we're just if we're just standing, but getting so tired, I just pray that we would turn to you, rely on you, put our armor back on, Father, and reach out to a brother or sister in Christ that can stand with us, that can pray with us, that can walk with us as we seek to accomplish what you are accomplishing in this season to prepare us for the next season. Lord, we give you all glory, honor, and praise in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you stand with us as we close in worship? And if there is anything that they can agree with you in prayer, please join one of our ministry teams.
0: It's time to sing your song. baby
3: of that. I want to share uh, a prophetic word that was given in worship in the the first service. This was shared from one of our ministry team uh, members. They said, I saw a picture of the ten bridesmaids in the Bible who were waiting with their lamps for the groom. There were those who were prepared and ready and those who were not. And I heard God say, take this time to get ready. To be prepared for the move of the Holy Spirit that will surpass any we have seen or heard before. Prepare yourself and come fully awake to your purposes that I have created and perfectly designed for you. Awake, come alive in me. Prepare and come fully alive to your callings, your giftings, and my presence. Don't go to sleep. But take off fear of failure, fear of man, shame, hurt, anger, past mistakes, and put on my power, faith, and courage. Don't miss my move by being like the ones in the parable who are not prepared. Instead, come fully awake to me and who I made you to be so that I can move through you and with you as I pour out my spirit. Wake up. Come fully alive. And then I saw a picture, but this time of hundreds of people holding lamps lit and ready for this move of God. And then more and more kept coming. And the mass of people with lamps became huge as the light caught on. I think God is just saying... Let him do the work he's doing in this season. Let him accomplish and prepare you, prepare us, prepare the body of Christ for what he has for us. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this part of your body, Lord. I thank you for the body that we are part of in Lampasus, Lord, and uh, in this state and nation and world, Lord. And I pray that you are truly allowing your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, Lord, that... While it may seem like you're not working, Father, you have always been working. Lord, everything has happened at just the right time, and at just the right time, you will move again. You will show your power and might again. You will be glorified in this earth, Lord. Jesus Christ will be lifted up. Father, we pray that all who are lost would see and respond to him, Father. But I just pray more than anything that that decision would be clear and distinct. Father, that your body would be the body of Christ, shining the light of Jesus Christ and following the Holy Spirit in everything that we do, everything that we say in every moment of every day, that all of our hope, all of our faith, all of our trust would be in you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being with us this morning. Again, the prayer teams are still available. God bless you and have a great week.